Calling all AEC professionals. Get ready for unparalleled professional insights with detailed and original podcasts by RCAT. This is the podcast that brings you the untold stories and lessons learned behind the design and delivery of a building project. Hey, it's Sharice Lakeside, aka the CSI Kraken, and your host. Join me as we dive deep into the tales of conflict, triumph, and sheer ingenuity. Yeah, so when Serena was named for the, it was going to be named for the building, you know, we really were able to work with teams at Nike Branding and how to really infuse her influence and identity in the very public spaces. Detailed features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who spill the beans on the most complex, interesting, and downright odd building conditions they've encountered. Another challenge of the of the shuttle is actually and putting it in launch position is how you brace that seismically. It's really supported by only two pins at the base of the booster rockets. And there's a large base isolator that's underneath the shuttle that kind of prevents it from moving too much in an earthquake. The, you know, when you have 600 people or 300 people in a room, acoustically, you really need a high floor to floor so that you can have the right acoustic environment for people to be able to talk and that, that speech intelligibility is really good. Every episode unveils lessons learned and connects you to the products you need to navigate similar challenges. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Detailed today and be prepared for the unexpected on your next project. Every building has a story and we are here to tell it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another mini episode here that we call She Builds Charettes. On this mini episode, we are going to do a throwback to this past June when Lizzie and I were in San Francisco attending A23, the AIA conference, live from the RCAT booth. It was great seeing a lot of um, faces that we've only seen online. So to finally meet them in person, it was awesome. We got to hang out with our Gable Media family. Uh, it was great to just hang out at the RCAP booth and record something for you guys. We had a great conversation with Sarah Collada from the Disrupt Symposium and Disrupt Magazine. So, yeah, uh, let's kick it to way back in June when we had this conversation. All right. Well, OK, I, we're here. Yeah, we are here. Two thirds of She Builds podcast is live from the A23 Expo floor. Mm -hmm. oh, it's exciting not I to know. be recording in a closet. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. Um, so, yeah, for those of you that don't know, my name is Jessica Rogers. I am based out of Miami, Florida, even though I'm here. Well, in San yeah. Francisco. I mean, that's where you live, right? Yeah. Uh, besides doing She Builds Podcast, I am the studio manager of a small firm in Miami, Florida. And I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Lizzie Rar. <laughs> yeah, I'm Lizzie Rar. I actually live in San Francisco, so not too far from home for me to travel. Um, yeah, I work at a small architecture firm up in Marin County. We do mostly residential, single-family residential. So... Um, but today we're here for our side hustle. Yes. 
our passion project. Yes, yes. Um, for She Builds Podcast. Uh, so some background on the show. Uh, we are a podcast. We're telling the untold stories of women in the AEC industry through history. And the way the show started, uh, our third co-host couldn't join us, Nergidi Rivas. She's in Houston, Texas. We're missing her. But uh, it was her brainchild. Mm -hmm. She had she was looking for this podcast, right? She loves yes. history. She wanted to find a podcast about women in history and architecture and couldn't find it. So she's like pitching the idea to a friend of hers. And he was like, that sounds more like a limited series. Like, I don't know if you could make a whole show about that. And she's like, well, challenge accepted. Now I have to do it. And so she reached out to Jessica and I each and we separately. both separately. Yeah. Just we, we, yeah. <laughs> and we both said yes. And so, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Three years later, we've been doing this. Three years later. Yeah. And then what I would like to uh, give a shout out to is Mark and Demetrius. They've been great supporters of us since the beginning. Yeah. And through their support, we were able to be a part of Gable Media. Yeah. Um, which has been amazing. It has opened so many doors, hence why we're here. Yeah. Um, through them, we've got to have amazing experiences, meeting several people. We're here at the RCAP booth. Mm -hmm. We're here at conference getting to meet the rest of our Gable Media family. Yeah, for the first time for, in person. For the first time in person, uh, like Sharice uh, from Detailed Podcast. Mm -hmm. It's great, it's great. I love that we're finally getting to meet people IRL. Yeah, it's um, been really good. Um, yeah, we're just excited to share more about the show and meet more people like Jessica was saying. So, and the fact that we're at conference. So the other part of our show is we tell the untold stories, but we also have a segment where we call the carrier tip. Yeah. So Lizzie, you have a good, I, that was actually your brainchild. Like, <laughs> I, like, I think I had the brainchild, like the idea of what of like, I wanted. Yeah, what giving, we, what did you say? Like giving them their flowers while they're still alive, alive to, to smell them. Exactly. Yeah. But you came up with the actual term or, yeah or like found the term because well, I was like I feel like of the three of us I remember my architectural history probably the most yes yeah and so <laughs> I was just remembering the caryatid was the you know the stone column shaped like a woman in Greek architecture and so the idea is that the caryatid is a woman who's alive working today who ties into the historical woman of the episode but yeah. who's holding up the profession just like a caryatid does as the roof of a Greek style building, right? Exactly. So yeah. that's what makes attending conference so cool because we are basically witnessing these living legends in our minds. Um, we're getting to meet them. We're getting to hear them speak. So for example, we are on day two, but day one keynote was Barbara Booza, mm -hmm. who was the caryatid of our episode 62 lady. Ruth Shellhorn. Ruth Shellhorn. So the connection between the both of them is that they both designed theme parks. Well, for Disney specifically. For, yeah. 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 Ruth Shellhorn was a landscape architect who helped design the pathways of Disneyland in Anaheim. So, yeah. So just having that ability to like 
see and hear these karyotids in person has mm -hmm. been great after us um nikita reed from tangible remnants is gonna be doing her live broadcasting yeah. and she was also a karyotid of mm -hmm. our of our show and she's friend we've been on her show she's amazing but her work on historic preservation was the key in to one of our episodes that we did on a woman that did historic preservation as well so yeah. to have to have these connections is so great and that's what makes being a part of this so much more fun. I know. We've just had and all the connections we're making too with like listeners or um, other people that we've met over the last day or so is like we met the people from Coffee Sketch at the Entree yes. Architect meetup last night. Michiganders. Uh, Michiganders. Fellow Michiganders, <laughs> which is like always a way to my heart. You know, if somebody comes up and shows me their hand and where they're from, I'm like obviously endeared to them. So yes. we're learning more than just ladies we're learning about Michigan's geography like what <laughs> that's crazy um, yeah so that's good I so if you are around we yeah, come find us come find us meeting the guys from the coffee the coffee sketch podcast was great but also listening or meeting people that are listeners of our show yeah is always great that like, was really fun last yeah. night yeah i mean like i said we record in our closets <laughs> we only see the three of our faces on screen yeah so besides like our parents that listen to the show it's great to like meet other people outside of our family yeah who like recognize the show and yeah. our fans so yeah. yeah it's been really good it's been really good um and then you know we're here at conference and they talk about a lot of things that resonate with some of the themes and discussions from our show. Yeah. That's been really interesting. You know, we've uh, some of the sessions that Lizzie and I have attended has been focused on like women leadership and um, women entrepreneurs and all things like that, that we've dedicated seasons to on our show talking yeah. about it. And the one that I think resonated with us from, I think it was the CEO, Lakeisha Woods mentioned it during her opening keynote was about alternative careers. Mm -hmm. um, we had a season of like the non-architects. Yeah and how they contributed to architecture, which is very much in line with the alternative career paths. Mm -hmm. I mean, I myself consider myself in an alternative career space. Yeah. So it was good to see that conversation come up at conference. Mm -hmm. And what I love about now that we're here is that we got to meet a lot of amazing people, a lot of amazing women. Mm -hmm. One being someone that we're actually gonna bring in a charrette of short of sorts, since we, you know, don't typically do a lot of interviews, but we're really excited to have Sarah Colata from Disrupt Magazine and Disrupt Symposium. Uh, she herself identifies as an alternative uh, career type person. <laughs> so I would like to bring you on and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Yeah. Tell us Welcome, how Sarah. you are. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. <laughs> and I love your project and I love Gable Media. And it's just exciting to, well, first and foremost, share drinks with everyone last night. Yes. That was wonderful. And share ideas and inspirations from these two days of, yeah. of the conference. And also join here to talk a little bit about projects and women and leadership. Yeah, exactly. Tell us like a little bit about your path and how you ended up 
where you are, you know, and in this alternative path. Sure. So I am an architect. Mm -hmm. I graduated from Central St. Martins in London. And shortly after graduation, I went to China to work for an architectural practice. And I didn't really quite like the experience. Mm -hmm. I always considered design to be more creative than just the CAD. But unfortunately, when you're an intern, they put you on the, you know, 2D, 3D stuff. And uh, there were some things that I didn't like generally about the office culture and that specific experience. And I wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And humanitarian architecture called me. So I decided to get a job at a local charity in Guatemala. Okay. So I moved from China to Guatemala and uh, started working there. Mm-hmm. They were doing some projects, school projects, but building a lot with concrete. And uh, at the time, you know, raising money in America and spending it on building materials. Most of the building suppliers there were actually American owned. So the economy would circulate back to America, therefore not Instead really... of Guatemala. Yeah, not yeah. really impacting, you know, economically the local community. Well, an alternative then would be to hire local people and maybe build with natural materials. Mm -hmm. around Um, adobe is very popular they also do a lot of stone buildings and you know and then really the craftsmen can earn that income right Mm -hmm. yeah so um i was trying to introduce these ideas but being young you know they kind of overlooked it and at that point i just got very frustrated and i said you know what i'm just going to do it all on my own so Mm -hmm. i started to fundraise for projects and found obviously a lot of need and we started to build six years on i i hit about um i hit 30 and i i have built projects in guatemala and run the charity we also picked up some private projects it was a really great experience Mm -hmm. in my 20s but i did find myself broke and uh and that was hard it really was yeah and at that time you know what do you do coming back to europe trying to get a job in a normal architectural firm with a portfolio full of mud houses and bamboo buildings (laughs) right yeah (laughs) you know it just made me feel really on the outside and Mm. not belonging and uh, i needed to think quickly on my feet and i thought you know what i am an entrepreneur i i have that sort of boldness and courage to start projects and just do things that uh that i believe in and follow my heart and but i don't have the skills so i started um to study business and marketing came to america and that really was the beginning of the path i'm on today Mm. which um made me realize that you know we don't learn business in school no no and so um so yeah so uh, you know how do you deal with that and uh and i realized that my experience wasn't you know unique a lot of people that start practices struggle and uh, i could only imagine how you know the struggle and how great that is in san francisco london or any other metropolis yeah so um when corona hit i decided to start a blog and i was writing about these topics of business of architecture what i found from business marketing etc and then i started a podcast as well architecture talk tank where we interview people about business architects Mm -hmm. that run companies as well as uh, really the greater aec industry professionals um, about marketing and uh, a lot of people that help architects develop businesses and business skills and so we covered um, a lot of topics now on the third season as well doing this two years Um, but last year i decided to put together an event and that was the swap symposium we did it virtually because it was still kind of in the end of pandemic time but you know um so we did that and it was very successful we had a really great show up rate and we actually collaborated with huge offices as well gensler som uh you know we had really just incredible firms join 
join us and some people as well that were the movers and the shakers of um, the metaverse industry yeah. which this topic is massive last year um, now AI took over <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is one of the big topics yeah, yeah. today yeah. yeah so anyway so we uh, we did that and actually now it's literally a year in and we did seven events six virtual um, and one physical and actually we do have a woman edition 8th of March which was a full day stream and we had 15 speakers and wow, wow. that was really beautiful I, I, I absolutely love this project yeah so yeah this is me wow that sounds so cool I know and I feel like I just see there's a lot of connections I feel like mm -hmm. with your story and like some of the stories and the stories we tell in our show about these women like I think none of these are new things that people are going through right like right, you were saying right. and like I think a lot of people find themselves frustrated with the traditional path and architecture and things mm -hmm. like that or and especially women like we find that a lot on our show whether that's because like historically they had a hard time getting into the profession because they're women mm -hmm or other factors and that kind of thing. And so they'll choose to go out on their own and start their own thing because no one else is like giving them those opportunities, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's how we started our podcast. It's, yeah, we right. saw something, we saw a gap. Right. And we, we wanted to do something about it. Yeah, exactly. And we started our podcast during the corona pandemic yeah. too. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and I love it actually because the pandemic, you know, putting us sort of enclosed in our houses forced us to think outside of the box and yes. find time yeah. for things that maybe were in a pipeline or maybe connected to passion. Yeah. And we yeah. also needed to connect with one another. And I think that, you know, meeting on a weekly or whatever frequency yeah. with yeah. people you're developing relationships with and chatting about things you're interested in yeah yes. yeah it's beautiful and yeah you know and that's being like life-giving in its own way right yeah yeah, like yeah. it gave us something to do yeah yeah exactly <laughs> except for baking bread yeah everybody else is doing <laughs> Um, there was something that you mentioned too about uh, your time in Guatemala building yeah. mud architecture. That was really cool because we talked on our show about a lady that did mud architecture. Yeah, uh, so Rivati Kamati in uh, India, she was our episode 56 lady and she had a real heart for um, promoting mud architecture because like similar to what you were saying and she was like, I think people associate mud architecture with um, poverty. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, impoverished communities and like that it's sort of like a lesser material and she was like mm -hmm. no mud architecture can be really beautiful and sustainable and create really awesome projects mm -hmm. um, and so yeah she did a lot of like you know hotels and like mm -hmm. higher-end uh, buildings that used mud Amazing. and those materials yeah. and really promoted that and yeah. Uh, yeah so I totally when you were talking about your story I was like oh that's like yeah. a perfect connection to her and so. since you have a lot of um, people listening they're passionate about history you know I just want to add a few cents to that because um, industrial revolution happened about a hundred years ago mm -hmm. right and before that literally every single building was built with natural materials then yes. we discovered steel and concrete and started to create building regulations to build with that because obviously there was a much more dangerous way to build and so we needed right. 
needs to follow some regulations. But ever since they developed those regulations, they called everything else alternative. And that is just yeah. a funny twist on it. Like, how yeah. is this alternative? <laughs> when it's the original. What's original. And yeah. then also, really today, because the knowledge has died, because we mm. didn't put efforts to preserve that yeah, knowledge, yeah. it yeah. actually is alternative because we no longer know how to do it properly. Right. And so part of what we were doing with Tribe Lab in Guatemala was actually going to these indigenous communities and finding people that still still, still remembered yes. yeah, how to build. And like getting Excellent. that knowledge from them yeah. to then pass on. Yeah. yeah, and it was a very humbling experience for the architects because you come in and you say, okay, well, our role is just to put that better layer, right? To think, yeah. put the design in. But really the um, the technique came from the local man yeah. um, that's still new. Um, you know, it's really funny. When you walk around these villages today, you'll find, you know, people are over 50, 60 year old. That's that no, but the youth doesn't anymore. They do know how to build with concrete building, but they won't. So they're not passing it on either, really. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really dying around the world, that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why we have our show. Yeah. For that reason, to keep yeah. these stories going. Right. Trying to spread these messages as far as we can. Because mm-hmm. at the end, it's enriching the profession. It's moving it forward, even mm-hmm. if it is looking back. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the beauty of our show. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. Looking at the past so that we can move forward mm-hmm. in all aspects. Like we tell the stories of women, but we're also talking about the architecture, the mechanics of yeah. the built environment and those That's elements. Right. So I think it's beautiful, the work that you were doing. Yeah. And I really think, you know, um, coming back to, you know, sort of topics that we talk a lot about mm-hmm. now, entrepreneurship, women leadership yes. yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. business. It's really all about what it comes down to is passion mm-hmm. and you know as an architect there's surely something for everyone that we're passionate about we can yeah. identify that gap right yeah. that we feel we can fill somehow and for me in my early days me it was very much that story of preserving the indigenous ways of building today mm-hmm. it's it's talking about following your heart and passion and yeah it, but but in one way or another no matter even when that changes and it doesn't always die out you still care about things you cared about before right yeah. and I just think that you know the the key of it is to follow your heart yeah and I think too what you were saying is like finding your passion and that kind of thing in one of the sessions we were at yesterday the women at the helm they were taught like it was about women in leadership and talking about like well someone said like what's your superpower or like Mm -hmm. what's your value add and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing because I do think and I think that also relates back to like alternative pathways in architecture too because Mm -hmm. like your strength might not be in the typical pathway but like you can still add to the profession by like going a different way and like yeah figuring out what you have to offer and like what you're passionate about and how you can use that to push the profession forward. And actually this is super interesting that you said that because something that I'm starting to realize now I'm 35 Mm -hmm. actually 36 oh my god three (laughs) days ago I turned 36. Happy happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. I still didn't click in obviously. (laughs) So much going on here. It takes a while. Yeah anyway 36. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing that um, sometimes when you try to like design your life through your head Mm -hmm. which is not following your passion but trying Mm -hmm. to be logical about what you're doing. Right. um, It ends up being like a design thing which maybe you just won't connect with mm-hmm. and what I realized is you know hey I'm not doing architecture right now mm-hmm. I'm doing media 
for architects. Mm -hmm. We're right. still in the same community. I still, I'm still following that path of architecture. I'm very passionate and committed to this community. Yeah. But actually, my role changed. And mm -hmm. it's, I always find it really weird when people address me as like an alternative path because I, I still identify with being an architect. It's just that I don't right. practice that today. And that's interesting. And why? Because somehow I follow that passion. And yeah. then that sort of title changed along the way. But I don't think that's an issue as long as you are fulfilled. And so, yeah, that's something important. And I think that's been a great lesson for me. And I love sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Girlfriend, me and you are like right here. Yeah. Jessica exactly. also, I feel like is... Because I love this industry. I love yeah. design. Right. I love everything about it. But I've always thought of like... I'm not so much interested in the practice of architecture, but of the architect. Yeah. And, yeah, how, yeah. and how do we like work with that? How do we do that? So media has definitely been something that um, I've been interested in. Our podcast is, I guess, it's helped me a lot define what it was that mm -hmm. I like to do and like what are the things that I am passionate about. And because of the show, we were able to talk about things that were important to us in the industry, things that we wanted to see different. Mm -hmm. um, diversity and inclusion is one that mm -hmm. we are very passionate about, not just learning about American, European traditional architecture, but all kinds of architecture. That's why when we had that story about mud architecture, it was like, yes, finally, we yeah. are talking about this. And it's alternative careers. I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, we had a whole season where we just talked about non-architects because mm -hmm. what other architects fail to realize is that there's so many people that have influenced our industry and our mm -hmm. profession that had nothing to do with We're trained traditionally right. as architects mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so and i hope that helps promote that like architecture can be very welcoming mm -hmm. and collaborative and like collaborative. i think that's kind of like i just always think about florence nightingale and like mm. you know she's so well known for being a nurse but like she it influenced hospital design in such a dramatic way yeah. That like things that are normal for healthcare architecture today are because of her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And yeah, like she wasn't uh, trained as an architect, yeah. but bringing in that knowledge from other people mm -hmm. and like making connections um, is super important. And you know what's really encouraging as well is that as architects we learn certain skills mm -hmm. that actually can translate very well to other things. Yes. And mm -hmm. so when you break it down, for example, what we do is we will get a brief right from a client, whatever it is, and we'll sit down and start envisioning and creating these big visions. And then everything else is just a system that we need to implement to bring that vision to life. That's yeah. exactly what it's like to create a business. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what it's like. And it's very funny that actually we have such a wound in the industry around being able to be entrepreneurial yeah. and more business focused. Because in fact, if you compare business studies, it's just a set of systems that you need to go through, right? In order mm. to set this entity, mm. uh, right? And then the skills same. translate, what? but people aren't like incredibly using them that but way. But I think also our belief system around the fact that we're not good at it, right? Mm. Yeah, it stops us from acknowledging that if we just allowed ourselves, we would be probably great at it. And so that's also a very interesting thing mm. that kind of touches on that topic of out of architecture or anything mm. to do with with alternative careers, because we are actually well skilled to do a lot of things. Yeah. Imagine earning continuing education credits while doing exactly what you're doing right now. Well, you can. 
Gable Media has revolutionized the way you earn your continuing education credits with a groundbreaking approach. Forget running around town and scouring the internet for credit-worthy courses. Fulfill your CE requirements effortlessly by listening to engaging podcasts just like the one you're listening to now. Our podcasts are designed to educate, entertain, and inspire, all in a user-friendly environment. But wait, there's more. Architects, Gable Media is also approved as an AIA continuing education services provider. Upon completion, we handle everything from reporting your hours directly to the AIA to storing your certificates in your personal Gable Media profile for your self-reporting needs. So follow the link in the show notes and start earning your credits in the most innovative and entertaining way possible with Gable Media. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I think that's true, too, because in some ways they do teach us, like, as an architect, you sort of have to be a generalist, right? Like you have to, because in order to design different types of buildings, you have to learn about that, you know, so you end up kind of having a wide knowledge about a variety of different buildings and uses and different careers, like who's using the space, right? Right. Um, But I feel like that doesn't get exactly what you were saying. Like they don't talk about it in the sense of like how to use your skills outside of like traditional architecture and design and that kind of thing. Is that what the name of your... um symposium and magazine comes from disrupt do you know what it's really interesting when i was doing the first edition mm-hmm. i thought i'm gonna call it something different i can't even remember now it was some long long name and then an <laughs> abbreviation of that and then um you know i invited all these amazing people who had 25 speakers on the first edition yeah so there was just a lot of interviews and i was speaking to everyone on zoom and then recording that and creating articles on the back of mm-hmm. these interviews and everything so it's like really deep dived and people kept mentioning the word disruptive and disrupt Mm -hmm. a lot in this and I just kept in all my notes I kept highlighting that somehow yeah and eventually I thought wow this really stands out and that's kind of how it happened I didn't even realize that there were that this word was used a lot already Mm -hmm. through content creation and architecture Mm -hmm. and other things but um but I really connect with it and I I like how people react to it too Mm -hmm. um because I think we are doing something disruptive and people you know have always this feedback like we do really need this right now yeah yeah and you know and they do want to be disruptors even yesterday we were walking down the street and we actually ran the red light walking not in the car and we said we said hey we're disruptors it's fine <laughs> it's on brand we're just staying on brand <laughs> staying on brand I love it that's so great yeah the, the term disrupt right I feel like you get one or two reactions the ones that are like for it mm-hmm. the ones that are like the ones that are risk averse that are like ooh I don't know yeah. if we want to do that but we are all about the disruption mm-hmm. changing yeah. changing the game we do it through history and storytelling yeah um, so I mean yeah because I think for us like mm-hmm. a goal of ours is to you know eventually maybe the podcast becomes some sort of in education spheres I think that's, that's right. kind of one of the places that we're looking to maybe be disruptive is right um, because I think part of the reason too that we wanted to start this podcast is like our architectural history classes and things like that they didn't teach us anything about these women and that oh, kind no, of thing yeah. you know and so I'm still in the dark honestly I was gonna yeah. ask you like okay you went to architecture school I assume you took architectural history classes 
Did you learn about any women or no, could you name just any the styles, uh, style, architectural styles and stuff like this, but never mm-hmm. so okay. much about women? I mean, of course, we had, um, and back in the day, Zaha mm-hmm. Hadid was still alive, but we had right. those influences of those sort of star architects that yeah. we yeah. compared a lot the concepts and the programming mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. you know, contextual, <laughs> all these things that like mean something to us, but nothing to anyone outside yeah. of our industry. And there was always a name attached, and, you know, we studied the style of Ram House and Zaha mm. and this and that but I honestly um, outside of historical names such as the Corbusier mm-hmm. I don't you know I don't know stories of women and yeah. I think what you guys are doing is amazing also for the reason that it's a way for us to relax listening to this this isn't yeah. another way to be you know a great person or show up mm-hmm. in the world or learn 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 it's more like oh I'm gonna just like kick back have a tea and yeah. listen to this podcast well we tried to spill the tea yes yeah. girl we could tell you about the Corbusier but we don't have time because oh, we have like probably like five to ten episodes of how Le Corbusier ain't crap and there was actually a woman behind a lot of his most notable projects yeah but we're not going to get into that because I just wish I had like a cup to make yes. a noise with. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah. yeah so yeah we had all so yes I'm loving this conversation I'm glad that we get to learn a little bit more about what you've learned and or the gaps because one of the gaps that you just mentioned and that we've talked about earlier is that architects don't know the business side of handling that Mm -hmm. so that's what makes it so interesting the work that you do about trying to teach other architects and designers and Mm -hmm. just learning within ourselves because you know she builds podcasts it is a business as well so we're learning along the way exactly and that's great you know Mm -hmm. like I feel like life is business I mean don't you sell yourself (laughs) to friendships and boyfriends and I mean all the time right just the way you show up in the world it's the constant sale Um, (laughs) but you know what um, I think what's important is that we give some percentage I say 10 that's why my rule the percentage to actually constantly grow if you Mm. don't grow you do slowly decline and I think especially if you have ambitions to be a good leader even if you're already in a leadership role yeah um, you know, I'm interviewing a lot of um, older architects that um, have a lot to to teach us actually about the industry. Uh, Patrick McLeamy being one. In yeah. fact, mm-hmm. Build Smart is also the Gable Media yeah. podcast, so you yeah. can guys check him out. Mm-hmm. But um, I've deep dived into this podcast and just so inspired by his um, authenticity and an ability mm-hmm. to actually say, you know, oh yeah, there were days when I was more on the aggressive side and I was a little bit full of myself, mm-hmm. and then I did coaching with an executive um, coach you know and like learned um, how to manage that and therefore that led me to being promoted and I love that because it's that humbleness Mm -hmm, that you don't really get often Um, unless people get to that point to realize that yeah actually what made me a great person today is that I've grown and maybe I wasn't the best version of myself a few years back but here I am today and what I went through and it was really super interesting when you guys talked before um, when we were preparing for this podcast you said you know we talk a lot about success but we never know how people got yes. there right yeah mm-hmm. how and i think it's by learning a lot mm-hmm. reading books listening yeah. to educational podcasts yeah. asking the right questions mm-hmm. and just wanting having that willingness and curiosity to grow yeah exactly like an open 
openness to learn. And like, I mean, that's what we hope that our listeners will take is, you yeah. know, like an openness to just sort of like maybe relearn about Chandigarh and like other historic projects and just, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I think, yeah, exactly what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Just like openness to curiosity mm -hmm. and to kind of reframing how you might be thinking about something and even self-awareness of yeah. how you are interacting with others. That's um, right. We were talking about before that like everything is so much about like how you're communicating. Like you can't be a good leader unless you're able to communicate well, mm -hmm. both with like clients or um, employees and that kind of thing. Cause otherwise like you won't be a good manager if you can't communicate your ideas mm -hmm. and like yeah. listen to people. Yeah. And actually, speaking to that, I went to one of the um, lectures here mm -hmm. in the lecture room upstairs and they were talking to emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's just an incredible training. They yeah. picked up leaders. Um, they would ask, you know, who's who's managing a practice right now? Yeah. Who's a principal? Who's a director? People were raising their hands and come on stage and then put them through a really challenging wow. situation. Yeah. Like, you know, like here is this employee coming in offended because someone called them gay and it's like, like, you know, what do I do? And I don't want to work here. I don't want to work with this person screaming and shouting and this. And they were really put on the spot on the stage in front of all like, how would you address? And this? you know what? It was interesting because they were reacting. And actually, I did find that there was a lot of in very good ways to get out of those situations. I was impressed by how people did. Yeah. Um, but also it's a really great learning curve because you put out like if they're uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable. And then that really puts you, mm. like, forces you to pay attention. Mm. Yeah. And it was very impactful. I actually learned a lot and connected with the person that ran it. And uh, yeah, I hope actually to put him on the stage at this rapid because that's exactly the type of training we need. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That sounds really intense. It and was also very and interesting. It was super very fun actually <laughs> because not like it was yeah it was so managed such that obviously it was entertaining mm -hmm. um but uh, but very i i really learned a lot and in fact i i did i'm taking a mental note to go back and read a little bit more about emotional intelligence because i yeah. think that's yeah yeah it's very interesting and I, I think that we never should stop developing that no, intelligence for sure <laughs> <laughs> that bridge growing in that on that level in yeah. that respect mm. <laughs> all right so, Sarah, would you like to play a game? Oh my God, go on. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is uh, similar to each, at the end of each season, we do like a little wrap up. Mm -hmm. And in our wrap up, we play a little game based on our ladies. Like, who, who would you rather, you know, go have tea with? Mm -hmm. Who would you rather go to a bar? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Who would you, so. <laughs> For today, we are going to do a little game on who would you rather, but conference edition. Okay. I like that. Okay. So who would you like to see a keynote, mm -hmm. see a workshop, or go reception hopping, aka mm -hmm. like bar hopping, like, yeah. like last night? So those three categories, who would you choose? Um, your choices are Zaha Hadid. <laughs> Uh, let's do current. So Barbara Booza. Mm -hmm. And let's do Lily Reich, who is the uh, furniture designer of the Barcelona Pavilion. Okay, interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is hard. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know, I had an 
opportunities to meet Zaha once. Shut up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh my God, that's wrong. <laughs> so, um, AA, obviously Architectural Association. Yeah. Right. Not the anonymous alcoholics. <laughs> uh, which would be hilarious. Not to be frankly. confused. <laughs> Not to be confused. Um, she obviously graduated that school and she used mm-hmm. to come kind of unannounced. But when she was there, obviously the, the word would spread through London mm, architecture sure. groups very quickly. And I remember we got a message. We were at Central St. Martin's normally like at a lecture and we got a message that she's there at Architectural Association, which is just down the road in Bedford Square. And I actually like left half lecture. And I was like, ah. <laughs> some people came with me and we went in and it was just a very, very small gathering. And she was talking about drawing and she was pulling out some of her old drawings and um, and, uh, and, and, and showing us the ideas and kind of, she said something along the lines of, sometimes I draw and you know, this draw I like it, but I can't really use it as a building right now. So I put it in the shelf and wait. And then when the right project comes along, we use that and design that into a building. Oh, that's really interesting. That's yeah. really cool. See, hoarding works oh, yeah. for that reason. Yes. We should talk to Julia Morgan about that. Oh, yeah. we don't have to for that. But, you know, generally speaking, Zaha, I don't think she was the kindest person in the room. And I'm not sure if I would enjoy a cocktail with her so much. Okay. Maybe I would feel awkward. Um, in Interior design. Yeah. Mm. What was her name? The uh, Lily Reich. Lily Reich. Mm-hmm. She would yes. be cool. Barcelona I would go for that. Chair, yeah. Barcelona Pavilion. That is all hers. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would do that, and I love the style. And I also think that, um, well, interior designers they kind of do something that a lot of architects don't like to do so much: the mm-hmm. detailing. Yeah. But I really enjoy it because it makes the building really come alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, I actually find myself following more interior designers and architects mm. on Instagram, for example, for that very same. matter. Yeah. Same. So. Um, so yeah, I think I would choose her. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, cool, interesting. Okay, so I know that's the game of Would You Rather, but trivia: Do you know who was the first woman to design a museum in the United States? Oh my God! I mean, not to give you the answer, but you were just talking about her. Ooh, really? Zaha. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh. The so, first woman to yeah. design yeah. a museum. Oh, yeah, Zaha Hadid was the first woman to design a museum in the United States. She designed the Cincinnati Museum of Art mm-hmm. in Ohio, oh, which is it. crazy because Zaha, like, you got to meet her live. Yeah, no, like it's not that long ago. It's not that no. long ago. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Next. Jessica, who would you choose? Uh, what would the choices were? Lecture? Like either a keynote or a lecture or have a drink with. Okay, so I know Zaha is a diva, but, okay, well, actually, okay, Zaha, I'll do the lecture. Barbara, I feel like she'd be a good lecture. Right? I have been dying to meet Barbara Booza again in person, and I've been so close <laughs> to having that drink with her that I'm going to have that drink with her. That's right. Sounds good. I think that's going to come come to life. It's going to happen. What but can yeah. help? And then I want a workshop with Lily Reich so mm-hmm. that we can get into those details. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to know about the book matching. I want to know about her work with marble. She used to do like a whole bunch of like fabrication mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also, while I'm doing the workshop, I can get the tea on Mies van der Rohe because that's another oh, yeah, story. That's oh, yeah, we tell her story, sure. we have to mention this fool. I mean, yep. pers- man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lizzie, mm. I'll ask you. Um, okay. This lady 
Okay, so tea party, mm-hmm. professional luncheon, or after party rager. Which one are you going to and why? With which lady or like pick any lady to pick go? Any, yeah, pick any lady. Okay. Um, well, I think I would have to choose Emily Helen Butterfield. Okay. For the business luncheon because yes. she was, she helped start the Detroit women's business leader group. I you forget, would be I interested the, in that episode, oh my gosh, Sarah. Yes. Yeah. I forget, it was very fascinating. I forget the exact name of it, but um, she started, yeah, like a women's luncheon because at the time, um, like, you know, there were uh, men had like luncheon clubs that they would go and like talk business at. And so she's like, well, we should have one for women. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and so she started one in Detroit and it kind of became the model for like future uh, business clubs and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. So I would do that with her. Dorothy Draper for the tea party. Dorothy Draper was the richest little girl in the world. In the world. Yeah. When she, like, her father died and left her a bunch of money. Oh, wow. (laughs) She started, like, a business Mm -hmm. after that of interior design. Yeah. Yeah. She's an interior designer. And, yeah. mm -hmm. I love this. Uh You actually get the type of money you don't have to do anything in your life with anymore. And you do actually choose to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You choose something that we're doing for life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Based out of New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was born in Tuxedo Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. Which sounds exactly... Sounds fancy. Yeah. That yeah. the richest little girl in the world. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she would be good for tea parties because when you think of like New York uh, architecture mm-hmm. and uh, of residential architecture, how they have that like salon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was all Dorothy Draper. Mm-hmm. She was the one that like expanded so that she could have entertainment with her friends of hundreds of her closest friends could gather <laughs> like think great gatsby style yes, you know? yes, oh, yeah. yes of course i'm right there yeah <laughs> so a tea party i'd go to that a also- lot of teacup clinking yes yes, yes. <laughs> while they spill the tea right <laughs> yeah and uh oh the ranger so who oh, would you rage with well i think aline saarinen would mm. be great she's like got all the media connections and stuff like that so this is aero saarinen's second wife and she was like she basically started the profession of like architectural marketing essentially mm-hmm. yeah um, because she was originally in media and like on tv and stuff like that but then started help started to help promote his business That's once they were what year was this more or less this was like 70s wow yeah the you 1970s know, what's really interesting about this is that in america at some point around then mm-hmm. it was illegal for architects to market really yeah yeah game change what yeah yeah look it up it's so crazy. was aline the disruptor of the <laughs> well she was so it sounds that's why i asked for a year because i was absolutely gobsmacked when i found out about this and I, it actually makes a lot of sense because if that's mm-hmm. the history of business of architecture then how are we supposed to know how to market ourselves if yeah, historically if, like we were never allowed we're, to we were not yeah. allowed this is probably like the biggest epiphany because that's something that architects face mm-hmm. how to market themselves yeah well, exactly 
happening. Yeah, that's one of the issues. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because if we had to start like in the 70s, 80s, or whatever. Well, we don't have a much massive story, exactly. uh, history around and an experience for sure. Yeah. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, like we tell the stories of historic women and we're learning, but mm-hmm. yeah. we're learning so much more. We learn so much that, like the other one that I always think of that blew my mind was, um, so Florence Knoll mm-hmm. is like, uh, was basically the design force behind Knoll Furniture. It was like her oh, husband's company, but then when they got married, she came on as a partner and she was the business leader brain yes, behind it. She was like mm-hmm. the, yeah. And she had all these connections. She was trained as an architect and was like, had been like sort of adopted by the Saarinans. Mm-hmm. So she had all these connections with architects and was um, instrumental in bringing them in to design furniture for Knoll. So like the chairs that Saarinan and Harry Bertoya did, like that was through her connections. I love that. But the thing that always, and she like ran their interior design department Mm because they're also known for like their corporate interiors and that was definitely like her brainchild but she started doing like sample boards or like what she called like paste ups Mm -hmm. of like so putting like a rendering and then putting the materials around it because they were like very minimalist designs for the time and so she was like I feel like they won't understand like the type of fabric unless I put it on there but and like swatches because she got very into like bringing in textile designers so like the reason we have swatches and like do material board like that's that was never a that's thing her. before okay. her can, oh my can we pause on that because okay where are we in a in a place that has all the swatches and materials literally what we're <laughs> our surroundings surrounded by. swatches everywhere <laughs> right okay also i wonder if noel is here so we can tell them about themselves about this yeah. history tell them about it's themselves, themselves. <laughs> yeah this two episode like did you know shout out that it was <laughs> do you know about florence noel even though you're yeah. I, no, but I'm curious. I don't know if I've seen the no, uh, the no booth. If there I is one, think, yeah, I haven't seen anything. But we gotta see it, and then we gotta like it's tell so them big, to listen. You know, to <laughs> yeah, yeah. As we talk about them, but that was a great. I episode. think they might have gotten bought though, so I don't know. But like, but it's no something. It's like within the yeah, yeah. But but yeah, that's anyway. But that's the thing. Like things that you think are just totally standard, uh-huh. like, and then we're finding out that these women were instrumental in that. So Incredible. it's really really fun. I know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so inspired. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Sarah, what's next for you and Disrupt? And yeah. Gosh. All that. What wow. do you envision for the magazine? Let's start there. Yeah, we do actually want to go to print and everyone's making faces when I say it because <laughs> apparently magazines are not that trendy and it's not the best business to get into. But you know what? We want to build a community and it's very much about this idea of just having something that you can come out of an event with that you mm. can keep for yourself. And it's so beautifully printed like a book. Yeah. And I really believe in that sort of thing where you can put it on the coffee table mm. It looks good in your interior. And on top of it, you can learn about business and leadership from all these top leaders that are currently in different positions at this amazing firm. So, you know, that's kind of the ambition there. And we're going to distribute it um, definitely within our own community. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I'm open to to see where else this business can go. Yesterday, I was talking to uh, printers, their book publishers Mm -hmm. um, in here. Oh, yeah. We'd we'd love to do a book. Yeah. 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 Putting it out there in the world, if anyone's listening. Yes. (laughs) 
Well, they're there. You should talk to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, no, I mean, let's see. Honestly, it's kind of my ambitions with visions and then it materializes. Sometimes mm -hmm. things fail. Sometimes they don't. But you got to try. You do. Yeah. You do. You and try. not take it personally, you know, at the right. end of the day. It's just, yeah, transitioning yeah. from one thing to another. They're projects. Yeah. And um, yeah. See what sticks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we're here. You Absolutely. got disrupt. We got our podcast. Uh -huh. We're here live broadcasting. Yeah. Just trying things. Yeah. Without trying a script things out. and out of the closet. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so great. This has been so fun. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, where can people follow you and follow yeah. Yeah. your work? Pretty much anywhere. Sarah Colata, K-O-L-A-T-A, and Sarah without an H. Sarah uh, without an H. Pretty simple. LinkedIn is probably the best, but you know, I do also have an Instagram and Facebook and connecting with the community on all these platforms. Nice. We are all about the connecting with the community. Yes. Mm -hmm. You Absolutely. can follow us at yeah. She Builds Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. She Builds Pod on Twitter. Especially following us along during this AIA um, conference has been really fun. Yeah. Even though it's just the two of us, shout out to our Hong Kong Nerdy who's not here. We miss you. But we're documenting everything mm -hmm. for her and for everyone. And we want to just meet everybody and make these connections and learning about everything that the women around us are doing. Yes. Yeah. So we're so happy that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. you got to inviting me. And that we got to meet outside of the DM. I know, exactly. <laughs> we talked on Instagram. Yeah. Ages ago. I, yeah, yeah. Yes, I saw I saw that. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. No it's one. been that long. It's been that long. <laughs> yes. But yeah, this has been great. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming thank and you. chatting with us. Yes. yes. And for playing our little game. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Any last thoughts, Jessica? Um well. Why don't we pitch our, uh, what we're working on mm, for the new season? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we're working on season nine. Nine. Wow. Nine. Wow. Wild. Yes. Um, and the theme for this upcoming season. So, yeah, we do about 10 episodes every season. We like to kind of we give ourselves parameters by picking a theme. Right. So like that the women have to kind of fall under giving ourselves bumpers. Right. We can just go, could go anywhere. anywhere. Um, but it's also fun because then we try to see like what connections we can find between the different stories of the women. Mm -hmm. um, and so this upcoming season is going to be um, inventors. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty broad, but we'll, you know, we're excited to see kind of what uh, what stories we come up with or yeah. find. So. so some of it is directly tied to the industry. So a lot of like uh, products that yeah. we use, like fire escapes, invented mm -hmm. by a woman, spoiler alert. Yeah. And uh, another is the technology aspect as well. Mm -hmm. Women that have influenced code, mm -hmm. not like like building code. We're talking computer electronic code. So I wonder if when we talk about the karyotids tied to that episode, if we'll bring in bring up things like AI and right. metaverse and absolutely all yeah. of that stuff. So that that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we're in the research part of that. Yeah. But yeah. That's what we have going on. <laughs> yeah. We're excited about it. So coming out end of summer. End of summer. So sometime August but. kind of time frame, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, until then, people can check us out on the socials. Be mm -hmm. sure to check out Sarah and hers. Yeah. You know, while we disrupt this thing called the AEC industry <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and this yeah, email us, shebuildspodcast at gmail.com. 
check out our website. Um, Ooh, buy our merch. Yeah, we we have merch on our website. If you want to, yeah. we're wearing swag out. Yeah, yeah. See, we got our sweatshirt. I, I love the colors. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We got a water bottle. We got stickers. If you're here, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're Pick up some. on the floor, we got some stickers. So yep. Yeah. So thanks for having us. Yeah. Eight twenty three out. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So that was so cool. That was such a fun time to just meet everyone, to hang out, to talk to someone live in person. Um, Special shout out to Sarah. It was great to actually like meet with her the night before at a little reception hangout that we did. And then to have her come on the show, kind of spur of the moment to hang out with us was cool. And to see people walk in front of us while we're talking. That's not something typically that we do when we're recording in our closets. Uh, So. Yeah, this is great. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys want to see more, you know where to go. Check us out at She Builds Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. She Builds Pod on X, formerly known as Twitter. Or send us an email at shebuildspodcast at gmail.com. So until then, I believe we will have a new season coming to you very, very soon. So you make sure to stay tuned and watch out for us. Uh, Until then, see you. Bye. This is the outro, John. Hey, designers and curious minds. Ever wondered about the stories hiding within your building's walls? I'm Carrie Seaburn, structural engineer and host of Unstruct, the podcast that decodes and simplifies major concepts of structural design. Behind the math and physics, structural engineering simply predicts building behavior. Join me as we simplify the complex, making structural design accessible to everyone. Nowadays, instead of measuring it via cost, we're saying, well, what about carbon, you know? We've got two levers now that we can, if if an architect has an inefficient design, we can hit them with two levers if you like. The official casualty figure is 55,000. Everybody I talked to told me that the actual figure is at least three times as much. And I believe that. I mean, seeing what I saw, Turkish codes are good and, and they have been improving, but compliance was completely lacking. Fluent in steel, concrete, masonry, and timber design, I'll bring you leading engineers to dissect the tales behind their building structure. Whether you're an architect, contractor, engineer, or just love a good story, this podcast is for you. Yeah, beam penetrations. That's a fun topic on this project. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Unstruct. From within your walls, hear the story behind how your building stands today.